This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the Heroes of HP12, the Wick and Wanderers podcast powered by the fans. I'm Michael Kenny, joined as usual by Adam Cooper and Damian Farrar-Hockley. No action from the weekend to talk about, but on this episode we're going to have fun as we attempt to agree on an all-time Wick and Wanderers Fantasy Eleven. We also look ahead to the weekend's league return against Blackpool, as well as next week's action in everyone's favourite cup competition. We kick off with something we've been looking forward to doing since uh, pretty much the very beginning. The rite of passage for any football club podcast, the all-time Fantasy Eleven. Myself, Adam and Damo have all put together our picks and now we need to come together and try and come to a consensus and agree on the greatest Wiccan Wanderers lineup of all time. Uh, you you can't see their faces, but they've got their head in their hands. This is hard. We're going with a 4-4-2 formation. I know that's not a super popular one, particularly with Adam. 4-4-2 formation. We're going to go through the ranks, starting with the goalkeepers, finishing off with the attackers. We are going to agree. And we're gonna yeah, we're gonna try and have some fun with this, aren't we, guys? Um, who wants to start? What are we going with goalkeeper? I think this one's a relatively easy one. Um uh, I think were we doing it two years ago, there'd only be one answer. Um, you know, Max has come in and done really, really well. But for me, um, at the time, he was really a Premier League goalkeeper playing well below his level. Um, Martin Taylor has to win it for me. Um, not only was he a, a fantastic player, um, but a great guy as well. And uh, you can never forget the uh, the penalty shootout at Wimbledon that he played his part in, uh, both as a goalkeeper and a penalty taker. So, uh, so for me, Martin Taylor. Well, that's very things easy, isn't it? <laughs> I'm going for exactly the same person. Um, I just remember how reliable he was. You know, he had one leg shorter than the other, famously, but he was still a brilliant goalkeeper. Um, if only he was slight, slightly longer arms and stopped that free kick in the semi-final we may we may have been in, in the FA Cup final but as I say when he was playing for us he was he, he was too good for us that's my and he's my pick Martin Taylor yeah so I we said before coming on on air that this was probably going to be the easiest position and and as you said Adam um you know absolute major props to uh to, to Big Max at the moment he's 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 very much you know, going to be in contention if he keeps this on for for another couple of seasons. That's if we can actually keep him because he's been absolutely blinding for us since he joined us. Um, I actually had put Martin Taylor in this in this spreadsheet before we even went on air. It was already in there. I knew this was going to be the pick. It's my pick too. Um, if you know me, Martin Taylor isn't just 
my pick is goalkeeper. He's arguably my favourite Wickham Wanderers player of all time. He was my boyhood hero growing up. An absolutely incredible story. His exploits in the FA Cup is absolutely nothing short of legendary. And uh, yeah, incredibly dependable. Um, rock solid. I Honestly... I was so upset when he left us. I mean, he's getting on a bit, you know. I think he went to Burton. I think he finished off his career at Burton. Um, I was devastated when he left. It was a real end of an era. There we go. Martin Taylor, easy lock-in as our all-time Wickham Wanderers 11 goalkeeper. All right, let's go. Well, let's go defence. And and I guess this is probably, this is where it's going to get a little bit harder. Let's start. Let's go left to right. So let's start with who we've put in uh, as left-back. Adam, what you got? Um... I was umming and airing over two. One will be a controversial choice because of the way that he left many, many years ago. Um, the other was just Mr. Consistent. Um, so I, I mulled long and hard over uh, putting Mickey Bell in. Um, he, was, he was far better than the level that we were playing at when he came to us. Um, you know, had we, or had I had the life experience and the uh, common sense that I have now, um, I wouldn't have given him so much stick for leaving, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, yeah, we've spoken before about these lads not earning fortunes and being able to to develop their career. Um, so in hindsight, the stick that he got was probably a little bit out of order. Um, but in front of him uh, was Chris Finnegan. Uh, I think his time at Wickham, um, he very rarely stood out. And I think for a fullback, that's a positive thing because he didn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, he was he was versatile. He could, you know, move move forward with the ball or move forward when we were attacking and sort of sit, sit in front of the central defenders, if you like. He was quick, so he was good at covering in behind. Um, had a good relationship with with our goalkeepers and um, and his various defensive partners in his time. Um, so for me, Chris Finnicum is the left-back. I thought we said this was going to be hard. Um, <laughs> famous, famous last words. Because uh, I'm going for the same guy. Um, for all the reasons Adam's just said, but also he was um, he, ahead of his time simply because he... Loved the art of, I'm going to be on the floor at least once a game. Uh, he, was, he never went off injured, but he was, he, he, he was S-housing before even, it was even mentioned. Because uh, he literally, he, did, he, was, he didn't require treatment once a game, back before it was even talked about. But let's say, Adam, like, Adam's basically taken the words out of my mouth. He was the best left-back I think we've had. I know a lot of people will say things about JJ being that, but... I don't think Vinicum tailed off. Oh, I don't want to say JJ's telling off, but I, 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 I think Vinicum left still at a top level. Yeah, and and unfortunately, we don't we don't want to uh, go down that road again. I, I, this is why a lot of people wanted JJ to leave last year because he was still at a top level. So, so I had JJ uh, and Vinicum as as my two picks, and one, and I was really struggling with this one. Um, Vinicum, I, I'm probably a little bit biased because when I was a kid, I was uh, Chris Vinicum's home and away shirt sponsor for about four seasons, um, and and as a result, 
he was one of my favourite players. Um, not quite as as up there as Martin Taylor. I'd never tell him that though. Um, but no, uh, absolutely solid. Uh, never really scored many goals for us. I think he scored an absolute screamer against Brentford, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he did. Top corner, top corner worldy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But mm. I think he scored like like three or four goals and that was it for us in his time. I w- Again, another player that I was really disappointed when uh, Tony Adams came in and, and got rid of him. I still think he had another couple of years, particularly as we'd been relegated. I thought he would have been a, uh, an easy pick in at that level. Yeah. Um, so disappointed when he went. I, I, so I actually locked in JJ as my pick. The reason being um, the, the tenure, you know, coming you know, 2014, being there with us during our worst times, being there for the rise up, um, always had more of a, an attacking potency. You know, I mean, he, you know, he, he, he got us out of a, of a jam at the back, but he would go forward and he would make things for us going forward. So I always felt that he had something that Vinicom didn't have uh, as consistently going forward. Um, but do you know what? I'm, I am happy to just lock in uh, Vinny on this occasion. I do think, though, that JJ, given you know he was there when we were, when we were at our worst, he was there and absolutely pivotal to our promotion to the championship. You know, and look, okay, he's what thirty four now, thirty four, thirty five. He's in, you know, he's in the twilight of his career. I still think that he's got a role to play in in the squad. You know, now. Um, so, but. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give in to you guys because again I'm biased. Vinicum is our left back. Uh, next, let's move on to left centre back, and and this is probably where it's going to get a little bit um, patchy, probably on my part because I haven't really taken feet into consideration here. Um, should who, we just do? Should we just do centre back? Let's do, do yeah yeah. Let's let's do let's do centre yeah, back. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. So I have gone with. Look, there was literally millions that I could have picked from growing up. Yeah. My absolute hero, because I've been six foot seven since I was eleven years old. My absolute hero was Terry Evans. Um, I I absolutely loved the bloke when I was a kid. Um, we obviously had Roger Johnson. We had Mike Williamson, um, and nu- numerous others um, that I've forgotten to talk about. Um, however, the two that I've gone for are Stephen Taylor. Um, I think when he played for us, um, it was only a short loan spell. I think it was 14 games. Um, But he just looked every bit the Premier League player, even that early in his career. Um, I remember him filling in at left-back and getting man of the match. Um, He was just far and beyond the level that he was playing at. Um, And the other one that I've gone for is a relatively recent one, um, Alfie Mawson. I think again, you know, we've we, we've talked about it so many times. I'm not going to go into it in any depth, but but what a shame! I think had his career not been halted by injury, I think we'd be talking about a player with 20 plus England caps, um, and you know, playing in the top half of the Premier League consistently. But um, you know, what's happened to him is an absolute shame. But um, kind of Premier League football's loss was our game for what was it, 18 games last season. Um, I love the guy to death, and I think um, yeah, Alfie and Taylor for me at centre back. I uh, agree slightly. I'm going for Alfie Mawson because I don't think I've ever seen us have a better centre back than him. Um, a genuine skill level, not just like club legend and things like that. The skill level, we've not had a better player than him. My other one might be slightly controversial though because I'm going to go for Mike Williamson. Mm. The guy 
was a version of take Joe Low now Mike Williamson did that did that he'd go up for corners I once saw him score a header from one corner of the box and it went into the far top corner um, to win a game and he went on to play premiership football and I, I just think he was brilliant and that's why I'm picking Mike Williamson Okay, um, so Mawson's a lock because I had him mm-hmm. in um, as well. Um, I haven't gone with I haven't gone with I've gone with a different pick uh, entirely. Uh, I've gone Paul McCarthy. Um, That's yeah. a great shout. Yeah, Paul McCarthy. Oh, um, I, honestly, I think he's the only centre back that I can remember that scored two overhead goals. Um, uh, one one yeah. against uh, was it what, against was it against Grimsby or was it against Millwall? I can't remember. In, early in the FA Cup, it was run. early in that FA Cup run, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't remember. But then he did it again. I can't remember who it was against. But I think he scored two overhead goals, uh, overhead kick goals. Um, absolutely love the guy. Solid as a rock. Uh, absolutely never took any shit. Um, was just you know and and. Obviously, unfortunately, no longer with us as well, which, um, you know, isn't an automatic buy-in to an all-time side. But the thing is, is I always felt that we were a stronger side when we had him in the squad. Uh, I think he was pretty much an ever-present when I was growing up as well. Um, Another player that I think that we probably uh, had leave the club too early um, I would say, I mean, that's potentially contentious. I mean, I was very young uh, when I started watching... um, Wickham and McCarthy. Uh, yeah, so I'm so I'm going McCarthy, and you guys are going to have to really talk me out of this one because um... look, my my argument with Taylor was kind of what he went on and did after yeah. he played for us, but it was a short spell. Um, you know, you couldn't have him down as a Wickham legend. I've gone totally on the ability that I saw on the pitch. Yeah. Um, you know, that said, the memories that we have of of McCarthy. Mm. And um, and where we got to with him, automatically lock him in as a as a club legend, and I wouldn't be disappointed at all to have McCarthy in there next to uh, next to Alfie. It has to be said, Mike Williamson. He was one of the ones on my considered list. The reason that I didn't go for him was, although he did play at a higher level, his career never really took off. Mm. Um, I think he was kind of a good ploddy football league defender. But Stephen Taylor played at the very, very top, um, and and that was why I went down the Stephen Taylor route. Yeah, I got a couple of extra options as well, um, and 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 I, if I'd have had a back three, this guy would have been in it. Jamie Bates, uh, you know, when when we picked him up from Brentford, I, I thought he was about a thousand years old. He just looked like the oldest man I'd ever seen. But uh, what a play he turned out for us for a few seasons. Um, loved him. I mean, again, I'm, there's going to be a recurring theme for me. I think I've already named everyone that's, that was in our FA Cup run, yeah. um, but he was absolutely sensational. Uh, fond memories of him. Roger Johnson as well, I think, was all, also mentioned as well. Um, but I'm not sure if it's necessarily... I mean, I think he had a good career of Wickham, but I also think he went on to do some uh, some pretty special things. Obviously, that F, uh, that League Cup win with, with Birmingham. Uh, was was obviously must have been a career highlight for him, and, and it was shame shame that his career kind of went the way it did because I think he probably could have spent a few more years at the top. Um, can we can we agree then to lock in Macca because I, I think a club legend like him is it's uh, Macca and Mawson. Yeah, basically, I mean, I said Mike Williamson for the reasons same reasons as Adam uh, that he went went a bit higher, and I was, I, I really like watching him, 
but fully behind committing to Maka at centre back. Love it, love it. We so miss you, Maka. There we go. So there's yeah. there's the um, the uh, def- the guys in the middle in defence. So Mawson and Maka, uh, right back. What, what are we going with? Who are we going with? For me, Damo won't be surprised. Um, there's only one answer, and any other answer is wrong. Um, Jason Cousins, um, an absolute legend. I am extremely biased because uh, we had a family connection with Jason, his family, um, so knew him quite well. Um, the guy was just an absolute legend, you know, from the uh, from that absolutely fantastic tackle very, very early in his Wiccan career um, and, and nearly losing his job. To... Broke a long, long jump record, didn't he? When he yeah. In that world, long, yeah. long jump record. <laughs> to, uh, to swapping shirts with Robbie Fowler, you know, the, the guy is a is an absolute legend. Um, like you said, Michael, it, you know, could be accused of being a little bit boring because a lot of these players played in the um, in the FA Cup run. Yeah. Um, but Jason was, was one of those players who, you know, I'm happy to admit that perhaps as far as ability was concerned, he probably wasn't up there with the best fullbacks at that level. Mm. But what he had in, in desire and passion um and what he had in loyalty um and his morals made him a very very special player um and i don't think we have ever or will ever replace him um he was very much part of the furniture um you know my feelings on blooms you know my feelings on jj but for me jason cousins is the the one outstanding wickham legend i agree jason cousins is a, is a wickham legend but he's not who i've picked for this team Mm. I've gone for Matt Lawrence mm. because I remember watching him in some, uh, some some away games. I think it was Cardiff away once. Yeah, it was. And he just ran the right hand side of the pitch. Then they have, they were playing wing backs, and they just couldn't deal with the fact that he could get up and down the pitch. He was defensively sound, and he he had longevity, but he was also a, a dogged footballer. You know, he didn't mind a battle. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't pick him because I didn't think he was as good defensively as Cuzzo. I understand that. And um, and my first job for a defender is to defend. Matt Lawrence was undoubtedly brilliant going forward, and I've got him on my list actually as my second pick. But um, yeah, yeah, that was why I discounted him. The person I put down was the second name that I put down. I actually put this person down. Before I put Vinicum down, sorry, Chris Vinicum. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's Jason Cousins, uh, easily w- w- without a doubt. Um, I think so. I I wasn't there for the old Donny challenge. Uh, I was a bit young. Um, I wasn't going regularly at that point. Um, but you best believe that I wore the videotape out uh, watching that back and forth and wondering if I could actually pull that off on some of my friends at school. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the absolute stuff of legend. And, and, and obviously, thankfully, the, the, the recipient of that uh, challenge, if you can call it one, was OK. Uh, might have been a bit different if it had ended badly but um yeah it's just the stuff of legend it is the absolute stuff of legend but you know take away from that i mean his career was just so much more I mean, we talk about mr dependables you know we, we talked about you know how 
how dependable Taylor was, Vinnikin was, Mawson was, McCarthy was, Cousins was every bit much, and then some. Honestly, you, you think if you cut him open, he would literally bleed the quarters. Um, some of my favourite visuals ever is the FA Cup semi-final and him absolutely giving Michael Owen a torrid, torrid Arash time. for diving, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It just, it just gave him the worst afternoon of his life. Um, and I and I love that. Some some incredible visuals. Um, yeah, just, just what else can you say? No notes. Club legend. Sorry, sorry, Damo. That, vetoing Cousins goes in at right back. Done for that. Right there we go. So so defensive uh, d- defensive pack. Vinny, Mawson, Macca, and Cousins. Let's move into midfield. Let's start on the left. Who are we going with? It's got to be only one, surely. Yeah, I mean. Look, I I think there's one outstanding um, contributor in that position. Um, you've killed me a bit with my midfielders with the formation that I've had to choose. <laughs> because there, was just, there, was, there was loads of players who, who could play wide or who could play as a 10, um, who who perhaps could have got in. Um, but playing in that 4-4-2, there's only one out on the wide left, um, and that's Gups. Um for me, no discussion. No discussion. I think um, you know the fact that he went to play for he went on to play for England. Missed his brother's wedding, by the way, to uh, to get his England cap. <laughs> what a um, man! Just just shows what everybody else thought of him in the game as well. Um, quality delivery, really hard worker, um, and you know, very, very, very underrated in his time. I think. Absolutely. I look, I think you said it there, Damo. No, no discussion. I had him locked in. You had him locked in. We all had him locked yeah, in. Um, I think there was probably a case to be to, to be made with uh, Mimetti uh, and how he, he how he rose through. Uh, but ultimately, you know, I, he's I not a pure know. winger for me. Mimetti. No, no. But I, 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 it's not even worth discussing. I mean, the goal he scored against Runcorn is one of the greatest goals uh, I've ever seen a Wickham player score. Uh, Honestly, again, another one that I wasn't there for, but wore the videotape down to a nub. Uh, what an incredible goal! What, what pace, what pace and poise. I mean, it's 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 easy to see how he went on to have such a successful career uh, in the Prem and and in Scotland. Uh, yeah, absolutely easy. Goes goes without saying. Do you know what next position though? So let's do what we did uh, in midfield with what we did in defence. Let's let's flesh out the middle of the park in one go because I really struggled. Uh, I really struggled here actually, and I think you guys might have to help me along here. Um, what are we going with? Who are we going with? I've had to push the boundaries on this. I'm playing a, a slight diamond in midfield, so it's still four in midfield. Guppy out wide left. We'll talk about wide right in a minute, but I've gone for like. A, a four and an eight slash ten, if you like. Right. Um, considered loads of names: Rob Lee, Lennon, Castle Dine on his first visit, not his second visit because he was garbage the second time round. Um, <laughs> Tomo, Brownie. There's loads that you could chuck in there. Um, but for Simo. me, for me, so yes, yeah, Simo. For me, sitting, um, I've gone with Rhino. Um, longevity, passion pride you know loved every bit of it and again one of those who who made up for perhaps the fact that he and he would be the first to admit wasn't an amazing footballer um by training hard having the right attitude and you know actually pushing himself into that position so rhino's taken my uh, my number four position uh, the more attacking of the two central midfielders 
I've gone for Ebrucci Eze. No, no, no notes. I've just gone for I've just gone for Eze. I'm not saying it's obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's. Look, I. You could argue that he could play up front as a two, um, but that means dropping one of the two that I've got up top, and I think both of those deserve to be in there. I don't think he gets out wide in front of Guppy. I can't. I, he he's not really a player who would play in a four in midfield. And yeah. uh, and this is why I always say I think he has to be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're playing a four-two-three-one, he absolutely gets in there in one of those three. If you're playing a four-three-three, he probably gets in there as well. Four-four-two is so hard, which is why I've pushed the boundaries and gone with a little diamond and him playing as like a, a number 10, if you like. Yeah. The only difference I've got, I mean, I've got Rhino because Rhino was my favourite player when I first started watching Wickham. He was, you know, obviously young kid and he was a legend from then onwards so Rhino is definitely in for me the other one I've gone for is a current player mm. I don't think you can leave out Josh Gowan I was tearing I was tearing my hair out with Scowan because it seemed like sacrilege not to have Rhino in there um, and again because of the because of the formation um, Josh Gowan missed out because Rhino's such a utility player, that I had him as the, the actual more attacking player. Front of going. So this is really, really difficult. Like I said, because I had uh, I had Rhino locked in. He was my one um, in the middle of the park midfielder that was an easy uh, was an easy selection. Um, the next player I'm finding hard because I've got a few names here. I've got I've got Brownie who I absolutely adored. Uh, when I was young, and again another FA Cup run hero, but but away from the FA Cup run, all these players were fantastic away from that FA Cup run. It's just the things that immediately, because it was such a gargantuan achievement, it's always the first thing that comes to your mind. But you know, Mister Dependable, I think what I always loved about uh, Brownie was just how he, how he, how intelligent he was with when he played, and uh, you know, not just in terms of doing you know doing the job at both ends you know scoring making opportunities but getting getting back getting back if he needed to uh always was happy to put in a nice little crunching tackle but also what i loved about him and the thing that i i think we all loved him for was he just knew when to kind of go down he knew when to shit house uh he knew when to just kind of pull up a little bit and go oh, for, for, for a couple of minutes and i always loved that about him he always wound up uh the opposition um yeah, just one of my favourites. Um, but I've also got, um, and you guys haven't mentioned him. I'm going to mention him. I don't care because, yeah, Matt Bloomfield, uh, Mr. Wickham himself, uh, always needs to be in the conversation. Look, uh, it was he the most skillful player? Is he the sexiest player? No, but longevity and commitment, you know, commitment to the badge, you can't argue it. Um, I, I've seen him do some absolutely ridiculous things and really put his body on the line. And you mentioned it a few episodes, uh, episodes ago, Adam, you know, he, he lost his career, giving it all in a absolute, no, nothing else competition. Yeah. Um, body and, and head on the line. Yeah. So, and, and those are the players that they're not the most glamorous, but they're the ones that win you games and they win you competitions and they win you promotion to stuff. And, uh, you know, whenever you hear all this kind of, oh, Bloomfield sucks. He was such a crap player and overrated and all this kind of stuff. No, he wasn't. Like, 
no. So I think he's always going to be in the conversation. Um, Scowen is also there, up there for me. Uh, as you can tell, this was the hardest decision for me to make. I am torn, I think, between three players at this point. Um, Brownie, Scowen, and uh, and Eze. I think you make a really solid argument for Eze. Um, did he play for us for a long time? No. Are we potentially judging him based on what he's doing now? Playing, you know, full international for England. It obviously comes into it. Is he an incredible player? Yes. Was he an incredible player when he played for Wickham? Undoubtedly. Probably, would we say, the player with the greatest potential we've ever seen in a Wickham shirt? I don't think that's far-fetched. Yeah, yeah I think so. I mean, the the one argument you could have against him being in there, and I just, like, I've, I've had to squeeze him in, um, but he's not a central midfielder. Um... Uh, just to just to get him in there, um, I've stuck him in central midfield. Um, you know, Blooms. I don't have to say what I think of him. I think he's ev- every bit um, the Wickham legend. And when the when the statue of JC goes up, um, hopefully there'll be one of Bloomfield going up next to him. So, <laughs> so you know, I, I think very very highly of him. Um, you know, we've mi- we've missed some real big names like I reeled off earlier, but for me, it was just a case of squeezing him in. But yeah, hands up, he isn't a central midfielder. I have cheated a little bit. All right, so we need to make a decision then. So, are we going to stick with Eze and go Ryan and Eze, or do we think that if, if we're looking at this from a real four-four-two situation, who do we put in as a realistic? Middle of the park player. I don't think we can go. I mean, I know it sounds like we're going back to the FA Cup again, but we could stick Brownie in there. Yeah. Yeah. He's a genuine, genuine central midfielder. That's the other one for me. Okay. Let's lock that in then. So, uh, Rhino and Brownie go in in the middle of the park. This is basically just Wickham FA Cup run uh, <laughs> 11. But do you know what? I mean, that's such a good start. And Alfie Wilson. <laughs> And and Alfie Mawson, yes, um, and, and and Steve Guppy, he wasn't there for the. For oh the yeah, run. that's true. Um, all right, okay. Again, I think this is I think this is another easy easy one actually. Uh, right midfield. I considered a few names for this. Um, mm. I think there's one. I I hope we all agree on the on the same one. I hope so. Yeah. Um, again, the four four two is very outdated now. So I've I've kind of ignored. The more modern player, I think you could make an argument maybe for Gareth McCleary of the of the modern era. Yeah. Um, you know, Darren Curry, Jermaine McSporran. Um, but uh, but for me, the Fiat Multiplar driving scruffy head David Carroll has to uh, has, has to be out on the right wearing number uh, number seven, aka Jesus. Yeah, um, he was a stunning player. I mean, you just have to look at that goal in the playoff final against Preston, where he pretty much took it on the whole team, team that included Gareth Ainsworth, um, mm. to st- have his legend status. The only other player I did consider was Darren Curry, simply for the joy of watching him take it, dribble the ball past a player, and then go back to the same player just to beat him again. The only frustration he had was he tried to beat him a third time and quite often lost the ball. But he he was a hell of a hell of a ball player. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points at the death. Who doesn't love a last minute winner? Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's feet, but I, I can't disagree with uh, Dave Carroll being the team. No, neither can I. And again, a very quick um, entry onto the team sheet for me as well. Uh, you know, it's, if you if you have uh, a Wiccan Wanderers uh, XL, uh, you know, if you if you started going in the nineties, if you started going in the early noughties, if you started going in the sixties and the seventies, doesn't matter. If your team sheet doesn't have Dave Carroll in, you know, w- what is actually going on? We need to have a chat here. Um, just sensational. I mean, the nickname is so apt. Uh, the, the things is. that he, the things that he did, you know, back in back in the nineties or towards the end of his tenure, you know, just this incredible ball control. It was almost like it was just glued to his feet. The way he would uh, breeze past players, the way he'd string the play together. Again, another guy that would just get involved in in multiple areas. I mean, it's it's you know, again, the four four two formation isn't necessarily the best thing it's just it's just that traditional thing isn't it but you know Carroll was pretty much anywhere on the pitch that he needed to be uh, and he was almost always in the right place absolutely yeah I um, echo all of that um, there are some very very worthy contenders but I don't think any of them come come near DC there we go right so to confirm midfield then uh, Guppy Brownie Rhino and Jesus Jesus, what a what a midfield that is! What a team we've got so far, and uh, his 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 the, the Rolls Royce, the glamour part of the conversation. Our attackers uh, again. Let's do this. Uh, let's let's put together the ultimate upfront pairing. Who are we going with? I've had a nightmare with this. Um, ah. This is the one that's been the most difficult for me. Um, I, I started with Rammel and Tyson. I then went to Mooney and Easter. I then went to Garner and Regis. I then went to Weston Scott. I then went to Trotter. Um, you know, you can't... I've, I've done this on players that I've seen play, by the way. You can't take away what uh, what Tony Orsman did back in yep. the day. But I never saw him play, so I've discounted him. Um, I... I've changed this about 15 times, but the two that I've gone with, um, the first one is somebody who scored a ridiculous amount of goals um, for us in a relatively short space of time, uh, and that's Sean Devine. And I think had had injury not completely ruined him, we'd be looking at our top goal scorer in Football League history. Um Damo will will tell you as well. the The local pub that we used to drink in quite often was uh, was frequented by the players after matches, and Sean was one of the funniest blokes you could ever wish yep. to meet. He was a top 100%. guy. Um, not sure that uh, that you'd get away with uh, with 
a lot of what he did nowadays, but uh, <laughs> but back in the day, he was an absolute legend. Um, so yeah, Sean, and then the second one. I think he brought so much more than just goals and assists to our to, to our team. He joined at a time when when the chips were down, um, everybody was writing us off, and what he did off the pitch um, as well as on it, I think, deserves mentioning. Um, is Bayo um, probably a bit biased because he's is my little man's absolute hero and. Still now, when he comes to games, he runs over and sees how Lockie's doing and tells him that he's his mini beast and God knows what else. Um, All-round great bloke. Not everyone's cup of tea, I get that. He's our top goal scorer in the Football League. Um, the amount of assists he got as well mm. was just absolutely ridiculous. You spoke about Matty Bloomfield putting his, putting his body on the line. You know, we saw Bayo playing with painkilling injections, playing with injuries... Um, he was like bloody Robocop at the end. Um, they were literally just putting him back together. Um, and imagine how good he'd have been if we'd have got him five years earlier. Um, what what a player. What a guy. Um, I think those two would have actually played up front together really well. I think their yeah. personalities would have matched each other as well. So um, that was kind of my thinking behind that. I think the days of uh, of having a cigarette in the tunnel have uh, have long gone so discounted Simon Garner, but he was a very, very close third. <laughs> I want to mention quite a few strikers that I considered for this uh, part. I had Mooney, I had Easter, I had Scott McLeish, Keith Scott, Mark West, um, Nathan Tyson, no one's mentioned, uh, who had a real impact, with, especially in his first spell with us before he went higher. Um Scotty Cashcat had a good season with us, and you know we yeah. still like him. We showed that the other week. But <laughs> again, I'm agreeing. Bayo and Divine. Um, I mean, I love Sean Divine so much that I didn't mind going four hours on a coach up to Chesterfield to miss his only goal while I was in the toilet, because um, <laughs> I was pleased that he'd scored. Um, and Adam was there at that point and made. Quite a lot of fun of me at the time. That was the first game that he'd come back yeah. after his injury as well, yeah. wasn't it? That was yeah. like the long-awaited Sean Devine return. One nil winner on a Tuesday night, and I go. <laughs> 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 um, and 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 Bayo used to play with five players hanging off him, and it didn't seem to seem to worry him. And he put the club before himself. I mean, one of my favourite memories of Bayo was him scaring the hell out of Danny Hilton when Danny Hilton was going to try and uh, have a go at the terrace. <laughs> Playing when he was playing for Luton, and then Bayo came after him, and he'd never seen so. That's the fastest he's, Danny Hilton's run in his career. But uh, I just love the way he represented the club on and off the pitch, and like and he was great with the fans. He had so much time for everyone, and but that's and that's all apart from the fact that he he's our top football league goal scorer. Yeah, so I, I actually this is a lot easier than than I thought it was going to be. Then once again, <laughs> um, because I've gone divine and uh, Bayo um, for a few reasons. Um, you have to look at the stats. Both of them are record goal scorers in in seasons for us. Bayo is our all time football league goal scorer. Divine had um, up until until he was there one of our best seasons. In fact, didn't Nathan Tyson come in and beat Divine's record, or did I make that up? I think Tyson beat it by one, didn't he? I don't know the yeah. stats, but yeah, I yeah. think Tyson beat it by one. 
Yeah. So, but I I put Tyson in as a as a potential you know uh, name to discuss as well because I think like you said his first spell he was fantastic. There's a reason why he went on to have you know such a good career. You know, obviously in in the championship. Um, and and obviously came back and uh, was still able to put in a, a few good shifts for us on that second spell. Um, but um, divine, so I think I've mentioned it in in passing, and I think I've mentioned it on Twitter. Um, divine. So when I was young, I I used to sneak into the players' bit uh, after after the game. And the trick is, my dad always said, just make it look like you know where you're going, and no one will ever stop you. So I used to just walk in, and uh, you know, the players were there having beers and stuff, and you know, I'd get pictures with them and all that kind of stuff. And this was where Martin Taylor told me not to just keep calling him Taylor, and he had a first name. And I was like eight, and I was like, oh, okay, sorry. Um, Sean Devine was just. Like he was the guy, he'd, he'd talk to me like I wasn't an eight or nine year old kid. He'd just be like, you know, he talked to me about the game, uh, had a really fun kind of personality about him. He he was off the pitch what he was on the pitch, a real cheeky chappy, live spark, um, loved him to bits. And, and I don't know why this happened, but I ended up with his tie at the end of the season. I think this was the season just before he left us. Um, I and I, I've told you this, uh, and and I shit you not. I wear this tie to every job interview <laughs> that I go to. I've not had to, I've not had a job interview for a long time. Um, but the, for the job that I've got now, I wore a Wick and Wanderers tie. Um, true story. Absolutely loved him. Guided when he left, and nothing but fond memories. Um, Bayo. Yeah, so when we signed him, um, look, I think a lot of football podcasts and a lot of football people on the internet, they're always going to talk about all the times that they're right. Um, I'm going to talk about a time where I was dead wrong, and I was dead wrong with Bayo. When we signed Bayo, I dismissed it as a publicity signing. Me too. Uh, we, you know, we've signed we've signed the world's strongest player on FIFA. He got sent off on his first appearance in that preseason friendly, and I just went, "Oh, here we go, here we go." It's just it was just a glamour signing. He's not going to do anything. He'll be gone in a year or six months. I it's the I, it's the wrongest I've ever been, and I'm usually wrong two, three times a week on this podcast. This is the biggest thing that I was wrong about uh, now and probably forever because what an incredible incredible servant to the club he was uh, like you said the, the the performances that we got what he offered not just in in scoring but you know having 28 defenders like on, on his ankles trying to stop him progressing the layoffs the way he trapped the ball the way he'd you know make the space for cash get to run into and then would like with a tidy pass set him in on goal um just just an unbelievable player uh you know and and when 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 you saw him play and actually got used to him, having him in your squad you went yeah there's a reason he's the strongest player on fifa um and but just what a what an incredible man in person as well um you know reading his book you know being told by people including martin o'neill that he was literally too big to play football and for him to go off and have the career that he had, also going and playing abroad and being subject to racist abuse for, you know, for the time that he was playing abroad, uh, the fact that he was able to pick himself up, get past that, you know, and and deal with it, and 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 have the career that he did, and and to, to have, for him, for him to have played with us for the time that he did, um, I think that we were very much, and he'd like to use this word, we were blessed to have him. Um, easy, easy lock in. So for me, both of those players, they're, they're essentials in, in any Wickham uh, XL for me. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And that was, I went to um, 
see the premiere of his film that he made Beto just to add to that and he's not had an easy life let's be honest and to yeah. come through and be, have the attitude he's got is just phenomenal so yeah I agree he's locking those two he is uh he is very much uh a hero of hp12 as we like to oh, say totally is Right, here we go then. So our ultimate Wickham 11, Martin Taylor, Chris Vinicum, uh, Alfie Mawson, Paul McCarthy, Jason Cousins, Steve Guppy, Steve Brown, Keith Ryan, Dave Carroll, Sean Define, and Adebayo Akinfenwa. There we go. What a chat. That was a lot of fun. Uh, right, let's, uh, let's move on to some more current stuff. Actually, before we do, before we do, uh, we would love to know from you, who is your ultimate Wickham? Well, what's your ultimate Wickham 11? Let us know on Twitter at Heroes of HP 12. You know where we are. Let us know. Um, before we do move on again, um, a reminder that this weekend, Adam and over 300 heroes will be trekking over 26 miles from Wembley Stadium to Adams Park, raising money and awareness for Prostate Cancer UK. Fundraising has been a massive success. We have over £150,000 raised so far, but there's still time to raise more money to help combat this terrible disease uh adam quickly give us give us an update how are those feet how's final preparations uh and also for, for anyone that's wondering uh you know anyone that's thinking of donating how can they donate how can they get involved and show their support yeah first of all um training's gone well um like i said last week like the um sunday before last we did um we did 20 miles that was our sort of last big walk if you like um so it's just been a case of ticking over, trying to stay injury-free, which is a lot more difficult than it sounds if you know how clumsy I am. Um, you know, keep moving, eating sensibly, trying to get to bed at a sensible time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, all the things that I probably should have been doing for the last 20 years, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've got to the stage now where, uh, where I'm looking forward to it. I'm no longer dreading it like I was. Um, I think it'd be a a great occasion and but for the uh the 4am get up i am uh, i am very much looking forward to it um for anybody who does want to um who does want to sponsor us the easiest way to do it is on uh, is on just giving um i don't care whether you sponsor me my walking partner um Kirsty, or any of the guys who are uh, who are walking it um on the wick and wanderers group um if you want to sponsor one of us it's a it's a great charity and a charity that I would urge you to get behind. I'll put the um, the link to my sponsorship again um, on Twitter. Michael, if you can retweet that, that'd be amazing. Um, and any amount, you know, if 20 people give a pound each, that's 20 quid. Um, I would be ab absolutely delighted. So anybody who does want to, uh, who does want to make a donation, you can pop online. Um, alternatively, there'll be some buckets going around the pitch just before the match on Saturday. Um, so if you have got any loose change at the match, feel free to uh, to chuck that in. Um, it would be very much appreciated by all involved. That's some uh, staggering math skills there, Adam. 20 people a pound is 20 pounds. That's the, yeah, I know. I know. It's good it's, it's, good it's going. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, what what an amazing thing you're doing. Uh, we wish you all the best and uh, soak in the applause that you get on Saturday. Um, you, you wouldn't have done it 
yet, but you absolutely deserve it. And uh, do I'm I'm going to be calling you up on Sunday and going, how's it going? And uh, I might call you towards the end, and you're going to be like, bugger off. Um, we should record no, something. We should record something. Like we should. We should. Or something. I'll the, drop you a message when I'm <laughs> when I'm deep in. <laughs> let's, let's do it. But uh, absolutely massive respect to you and also for everyone else, for the uh, other 300 amazing people that are on this March for Prostate Cancer UK. Uh, we'll tweet out the links and also the link to donate uh, to Adam will be in this episode's description. Uh, let's move on. Oh, let's, uh, do you know what? Let's do it. We were thinking, do we actually talk about this? Do we not? We're going to talk about it this one time. We might not cover it ever again on the podcast. Uh, but this coming Tuesday sees the return of everyone's favourite cup competition yes that's right the papa john's trophy is it still called the papa john's is it still the papa john's yeah it is yeah who cares uh, who, okay, well, here we Everyone go. Calls it pizza cup now. Exactly, uh, guys. Uh, Crystal Palace's uh, under twenty ones. Uh, they're our opponents on a night where Adams Park is probably going to be doing its best impression of Stadium MK. Uh, to call this an unpopular competition is a bit of an understatement. But right, come on, we're we're the positive podcast. Is this still just a good way uh, to get some minutes to our fringe players? It's relevant if you get to the semi final and the final. I've actually, people have talked about boycotting this competition. I've got to admit, I did go to Coventry on a Tuesday night in the semi-final. Um, but that's the only game I've ever been to, basically, in this competition. I can't, I can't be positive about it because it's, it's rubbish. Yeah, I always said that um, whilst the, whilst the under-21 teams were in it, um, I wouldn't go. Um, I too went to that game at Coventry, which was after all the under-21 teams had been knocked out. So I've, uh, I've kept my promise. But um, look, the one positive is that it gives our youngsters and our fringe players some minutes. Um, it gives them an opportunity to impress in front of some sort of a crowd. Um, but without going on a typical Adam Cooper rant, um, <laughs> I think you really need to have your head tested if you're considering going and watching the game and you're a supporter of lower league football. Um, the football league have sold their sold their soul to the devil um, by allowing Premier League teams in to compete in this, uh, and I'm actually glad that it's backfired a bit, and that the under twenty one teams have struggled. The worst thing would have been if they'd have walked in and won it four or five years on the trot. Um, but look, talk about sleeping with the enemy. We had a competition that. All right, it wasn't the greatest competition in the world before they uh, before they ruined it even more. But at least you'd get 1,500, 2,000 people there. It gave your young players a genuine chance to play in front of some sort of atmosphere. Um, and, you know, there was a trip to Wembley at the end of it, which I appreciate there still is, but there's always going to be that animosity with the way that the Football League um, and the FA have behaved. Um, this is the MK Dons of cup competitions, isn't it? Um, let, let's let's be completely honest. Um, I said that MK Dons were were a wart on the face of the football league. Uh, I think this pre- this competition is perhaps a a veruca on the foot of the football league, should we say? Um, and I couldn't give a monkey's if it kicks off at seven o'clock and it's only two pounds to get in. Um, I I shall be sat at home watching Bluey with my seven year old and. Um, and like, I hope the youngsters play and I hope that they all get minutes and I hope one or two of them do well. Um, 
but that's the only benefit that comes out of it as far as the club is concerned. Um, the the thought that under-21 teams would even be considered in a competition like this is absolutely outrageous. It's only been done for one reason and one reason only, and that's because it looks better to have Manchester United, Liverpool, Chelsea and Tottenham in a competition than it does to have Wickham Wanderers, Stevenage, Crawley and Carlisle in a competition. Um, and, you know, the rules are ridiculous. It wasn't too long ago we were seeing Ross Barkley playing for Chelsea in an under-21s team or an under-23s team. You know, it's, it, it's absolutely balmy. Um, I've got no interest in it. Um if we were to get to Wembley, you would absolutely see me eating humble pie on Wembley way before the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it 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 deserves the um, it deserves the amount of positivity that we're giving it, and that's not a lot. There we go, Mike. You're not going to rant about it. He said, "Yeah, I'm not going to rant about it. We're not going to rant about it." Drops a drops an amazing rant. There we go. Um, yeah, the one thing the one thing that I would say is, given uh, that wonderful free kick that he scored in in the practice match, it would good. Uh, it, I think it'd be good for Kean uh, to get some minutes. I think that's potentially a good platform for him to kind of rebuild that confidence following a bit of a uh, you know a, a tough start to the season. I think it's good for for the youngsters, good for the fringe players, and also I think it's good for those players that are coming back from injury to. Come kind of just get them a couple of minutes on the grass. Uh, we don't have to go and see it. I'm not going to go and see it. Might listen to the commentary, um, but that's about as far as it gets for me. Uh, I remember a couple of seasons ago, uh, I went I went to Adams Park for for the competition. Com- it was against Stevenage, and it was just the one of the worst, honestly, one of the worst games I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, it, it, just the most miserable game. I think it was actually the first game that um, uh, Adam Elabd, uh, was playing for Stevenage and he'd only just signed for them as well. I remember it, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was just the the most um, just, just pathetically awful game of football I'd seen. Um, and it and it was because it was this competition and no one no one could give a shit. Um, so so there we go. But hopefully, um, good minutes and and hopefully uh, uh, some more minutes for Kian. Uh, let's move on. Let's move back to the competition that matters. Uh, this weekend, we return to League One action against Neil Critchley's Blackpool, a fixture that has been dubbed El Gazico, owing to Critchley and Matt Bloomfield's place in the tidiest of managerial merry-go-rounds that also features, funny enough, former boss Gareth Ainsworth. Uh, guys, uh, always a test uh, always a tough test uh, playing Blackpool, um, but they've had a pretty muted start to the season following their relegation from the championship. Two wins, one loss, uh, and f- curiously, three goalless draws. Uh, what does that tell you, if anything? And uh, what are you expecting to see uh, come Saturday? Tells me they're going to keep it tight. Mm. Um, I, 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 I don't see this being a, a repeat of the... Cheltenham 5-all thriller. Um, But at the same time, they've obviously got uh, got problems up the other end. Um, There are two words that are going to be said far too often for my liking on Saturday. And those words are Jordan Rhodes. Um, He's scored more goals at Adams Park than than half of the strikers that we've had who have actually played for Wickham. Um, he's, He's just that thorn in our side that always scores against us. Um, so to be honest with you, we might as well just start the game at 1-0. <laughs> credit, credit Jordan Rhodes with the goal and just not let him play. 
Um, that would give us a better chance of play of uh, of winning. I think. Um, yeah, every every team has these like these like little bogey teams or bogey players who really aren't that good, but they always score against you. And Jordan Rhodes always bloody scores against us. Um, yeah, why we didn't sign him in the summer, I don't know. Um, I say that with my tongue in f- firmly in my cheek because uh, Wickham fans were screaming out for him to be signed just to stop him scoring against us. <laughs> <laughs> him and Alfie May, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, the um, the biggest thing is they've got to get the ball to him first and they don't appear to to be playing in a way that plays into his uh, that plays into his strengths. He hasn't played a huge amount of minutes for them yet. Hopefully that's because he's 109 and he starts on the bench on Saturday. But, uh, yeah, he's he's the one that worries me. You look at their squad and you think, my God, how are they in how are they in, uh, in League One? Particularly how have they had the the start that they've had? They've got a good squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a decent manager in Critchley. Um, yeah, I think at the beginning of the season, I had them down to do quite well. Um, it hasn't transpired. And, you know, hopefully we can... Um, we can put to bed the uh, Jordan Rhodes scoring record at Adams Park and um, and we can sneak a win out of it. But I think it's going to be tight. I don't envisage it being particularly pretty, um, but I think it's going to be tight. I'm not going to lie. They're not one of the teams I've really taken much notice of this season so far. Um, there's a few teams I've noted have been playing pretty well. Like you say, they've had three goalless draws. It'll, apart from... The Jordan Rose factor spoken in hash tones. Uh, we could be seeing another goalless draw with our, our, our uh, attacking problems at the moment. Mm. Um, but maybe our new signing that we uh, got the other day he said he wants to score goals, so mm. now's the time to do it. Well, well, there we go. So, uh, Kieran Sadlier is probably going to feature in, in, in some aspect uh, in the game, whether, whether he's starting or coming off the bench. Uh, I'm not sure. I'd, I'd be surprised if he starts. Um, I, I think that um, I think that uh, Blooms is probably going to stick with uh, probably the side that um, God, I can't even remember who we played last. Um, Northampton, wasn't it? Northampton, yeah. I, I think he'll probably stick with 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 that squad for the most part. Uh, could be wrong. Usually, I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, and no, I, I I think the thing for me is three goalless draws. Uh, like like you said, Adam suggests that um, they're struggling to score goals but they're pretty solid at the back. Um, and the rest of the stats would, would say that even though, I mean, they got whooped by Wolves in the cup, but that's always kind of quite hard to gauge. Uh, I think Lincoln beat them 3-0 uh, as well. So so they are, you know, they're, they're a beatable side. I mean, I, you know, went, I, I, I expected them actually to, to be pretty much uh, up and around uh, challenging. Um, I mean, they had, a, they had a rotten season last season. Uh, a few bright spots. They absolutely hammered uh, Ainsworth's QPR towards the end of the season, didn't they? Um, so, yeah, I, I think they'll feature up the table towards the end of the season. But it's been a strange start. The Rose factor very much uh, is always going to be in play. And I think Critchley uh, is going to be acutely aware of that. So I think he'll feature in, in some some fashion. Um yeah, it's it's hard to know. It's hard to know. I mean, is it is it bad if I say? Am I going to sound like a terrible fan, robbed of ambition here? If I say I'd be happy with another goalless draw, I'd be happy with that. I think I'd take that. Oh look, it, they're a they're a side who who last year were playing Championship football mm. um, and didn't come too far away from surviving. And 
you have to be sensible. You know, they're they are well equipped to play at a higher level. Um, yeah, we're at home, um, which, which will give us an advantage. Um, I can't imagine that they're going to bring a massive following with them. You know, a, week, a couple of weeks after the school holidays have just finished, everybody's skin. Um, I can't imagine there's going to be a huge following, so that will play into our hands a little bit. But um, but no, I'm you know I'm in agreement with you. I think a point would be it wouldn't be a, a, a brilliant result, but a point would be a good solid result, um, particularly after we've had you know two weeks on the training ground um, with with no match in the middle, you know, there might be, there shouldn't be, but there might be a little bit of rustiness, particularly one or two of the older players who are perhaps not, um, not appeared in the game on, was it Monday? Um, mm. We played the development game. Um, but no, I think, I think you're right. I think it's going to be tight. And I don't think that, uh, that a draw would be a bad result. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's nail this down before we uh, sail off into the sunset. Um, what are we going prediction wise? Damo, kick us off. Despite all this talk about nil nil, I'm going to go one one, and unfortunately, we don't know who's going to score their goal. <laughs> who's going to score our goal? Our goal is going to be scored by. I have votes he's going to get. Ah, he he certainly could do with one. There we go, Nostradamus, right there. Put some money on it. Uh, it might be a nice <laughs> little earner. Uh, Adam, where are we going? Uh, I was thinking one one, but I don't want to be boring and go the same as uh, the same as Damo. Before I do these, I always ask Lockie what he thinks the score is going to be. And uh, obviously, being seven years old, you think that the team that you support the best team in the world. So he always says that we're going to win. So he said, he, he said three two to Wickham. So mm. um, I'm going to go against everything that I've just said. <laughs> it's not going to be a tight game. It's going to be really entertaining. There's going to be loads of goals. And we're going to win 3-2 simply because my seven-year-old child told me that's what the score's going to be before it started. Wild. Absolutely love it. I'd love to say a 4-3. I'd, I'd just go one step further. Um, I <laughs> Look, nil-nil, I, I would absolutely take that. Um, you know, 5-3, to three, I would I'd take that happily. Um, do you know what, though? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I'm, I'm going to say that we're going to beat the Rhodes curse uh, and we're going to score. I don't know who's going to score, but I reckon we're going to we're going to nick it one nil. And I don't, I don't even think we're going to nick it. I think it's going to be another solid performance, and we are going to officially make it a hat trick of Saturdays. I know you were saying it's a hat trick of Saturdays, uh, Adam, but we didn't play last weekend. But <laughs> we didn't we lose uh, either. <laughs> uh, no, we didn't lose. So a hat trick of Saturdays or a quadruple of Saturdays, uh, if you're Adam. Uh, gents, uh, a pleasure as always. And that will do it for this week. Thanks for joining for another episode of the heroes of hp12 if you haven't already please subscribe on spotify and if you're loving the podcast help us out by leaving a five-star review you can follow us on twitter at heroes of hp12 you can follow adam at apcwwfc dan at dan clark pr hope you're enjoying the holiday mate and damien at damo 1507 We'll be back next week with more discussion on all things chairboys. We might not talk about the Palace game, though. Until then, stay well and come on, you blues. The 
TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.